The epistle for the second Sunday of Advent is taken from St. Paul's epistle to the Romans, chapter 15. Brethren, what things soever were written were written for our learning, that through patience and the comfort of the scriptures we might have hope. Now the God of patience and of comfort grant you to be of one mind one towards another, according to Jesus Christ that with one mind and with one mouth you may glorify God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore, receive one another, as Christ also hath received you unto the honor of God. For I say that Christ Jesus was minister of the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made unto the fathers, but that the Gentiles are to glorify God for his mercy as it is written, Therefore will I confess to thee, O Lord, among the Gentiles, and will sing to thy name. And again he saith, Rejoice, ye Gentiles, with his people. And again, Praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles, and magnify him, all ye peoples. And again Isaiah saith, There shall be a root of Jesse, and he that shall rise up to rule the Gentiles, in him the Gentiles shall hope. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope and in the power of the Holy Ghost and the Holy Gospel. It is taken from the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 11. At that time, when John had heard in prison the works of Christ, sending two of his disciples, he said to him, Art thou he that art to come, or do we look for another? And Jesus, making answer, said to them, Go and relate to John what you have heard and seen. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead rise again, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he that shall not be scandalized in me. And when they went their way, Jesus began to say to the multitudes concerning John, What went you out into the desert to see? A reed shaken with the wind. But what went you out to see? A man clothed in soft garments? Behold, they that are clothed in soft garments are in the houses of kings. But what went you out to see? A prophet? Yea, I tell you, and more than a prophet, For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my angel before thy face, who shall prepare thy way before thee. Thus far the words of today's Holy Gospel. What went you out into the desert to see? A reed shaken with the wind? A man clothed in soft garments? Behold, they that are clothed in soft garments are in the houses of kings. These words are taken from the gospel of today's Mass. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. My dear faithful, I just read an article from a magazine written in 1948. It was an article describing how the UN, 
the United Nations shortly after World War II, how the UN held a big meeting to draft a new declaration after the war. And so the article gave this news. Meeting in Paris last week to draft a declaration on human rights, members of the UN Social, Humanitarian, and Cultural Committee committee decided that it would be best to leave God out of the first article of this declaration. And the magazine continued that there were a few objections to this proposition, but it was finally decided that the phrase, all human beings were created in the image and likeness of God, would be deleted because, as one of the delegates from the community stated, this proposition of God is very much disputed. I found this article surprising because this was back in 1948. And the magazine was very nonchalant, very matter-of-fact, that it was a good thing that nations and the world at large were trying to eliminate God from their constitutions and from their government. And of course, how much more do we see this agenda being pushed all over today? especially in our country. We see this in the school textbooks, magazines, television shows. The agenda to scratch out God from our world, to replace him with evolution or with science. But my dearest faithful, while this is, of course, upsetting, we have to remember to pity the poor souls who are pushing for this, to even pray for uh, the enemies of God, just as our divine Savior would do. And my dear faithful, it is also important for us, very important for us, to step back and to ask ourselves, well, how much is God in my life? Because sometimes, my dear faithful, while we may not turn away from Christ openly as the world is striving to do, sometimes through our own negligence or when we are overwhelmed with crosses or the duties of our state in life, very often we are guilty of leaving Christ out of our lives. Or sometimes through a habit of sin, we live as though we do not want God in our lives. Advent, my dear faithful, is a perfect time for all of us to examine ourselves on this. Since Advent is the season focused on the coming of Christ at Bethlehem, the coming of Christ at Christmas, it is a time to look to the crib at Bethlehem, to see the little infant Jesus, God made man, how he left the great throne of heaven to become like one of us, how he took on those little infant hands and feet so that one day those very hands and feet could be pounded into the wood of the cross 
so that he could prove his love for us. He became a man so that he could give us his whole, his entire life. Every breath he took, every beating of his most sacred heart was for you in particular. And St. Augustine says that Christ would have done all of this even if you were the only person to have ever existed. What, my dear faithful, have you done for him? How much of your life have you given to Christ? These are questions we should ask ourselves during Advent. I'm sure that many of you, my dear faithful, remember Sister Mary Dolorosa. Sister Mary Dolorosa was one of the sisters here, a daughter of Mary, who passed away on December 7th in 2016. The anniversary, anniversary of her death is this Wednesday. And I ask that you please be sure to remember Sister in your prayers. Sister Mary Dolorosa was the principal at St. Pius V School in Long Island for many years. And I remember when I was a student there in grade school, she came to our classroom to give us a spiritual conference. Sister was very good at math, and so in this conference, she drew a pie chart on the board, and as a group, she broke down our day into percentages. For example, she had on the chart, uh, part of the chart was labeled sleep. And for most of us at that time, uh, the average was about six, uh, seven to eight hours of sleep, which would be about 30% of the day spent in sleeping in a 24-hour period. And Sister went on to calculate everything into categories uh, in our day. The percentage of time spent with friends, eating meals, time spent in the classroom. And I remember it was very interesting to see where the day goes. But she had one section, which was the point of her conference, one section in the pie chart which was labeled as time spent with God. And for most of us, when we added up the time, uh, praying the rosary, which is about 20 minutes, saying morning and night prayers, maybe 10 minutes more of the day. For most of us, it came out to be about half an hour spent with God each day. It's about 2% of the day. This, of course, was very eye-opening to see the percentage of our day, the day we actually give to God. God, because of his great and burning love for us, has given us 100% of his day. If we were to see God's pie chart, so to speak, it would be completely filled in and labeled as time spent for you. And when you compared this to 
the 2% we could muster up. It was quite embarrassing, shameful. My dear faithful, if you were to look at your lives now, what percentage do you give to God? We have to ask ourselves, what percentage of of your day, of our day, do we spend in sin? Or perhaps in an angry attitude, a complaining spirit, gossiping about others, critical and moody thoughts. You can be working on something and still have uncharitable thoughts during that work. Uncharitable thoughts brewing in your mind as you're working. Right? Time spent on doing laundry with an attitude or with uncharitable thoughts running through your mind would increase the percentage of uncharitableness on your pie chart. Just as, my dear faithful, time spent in doing your duty well and for the love and honor of God can be counted as time spent for God. Or what percentage of our day do we spend on the internet, on social media? We do, of course, need recreation in our lives to unbend the bow. But do we waste hours and hours on this? when we could spend time, spend this time in kind deeds, in prayer or even spiritual reading? Is a great percentage of our day given to feeding our pleasures, our worldly attachments? Or is it in good fun and charity for the honor and glory of God? How often, my dear faithful, do we really remember and call upon God and his most blessed mother in prayer throughout the day. And so, my dear faithful, this is a good time for each and every one of us to examine ourselves on this. That is why the Church, our divine Savior in the Gospel of today's Mass, presents St. John the Baptist to us as our model, as an example of one who increased Christ in his life. Our divine Savior says, referring to St. John the Baptist, he says, what want you out to see? Did you go out to see a reed shaken in the wind? Someone who calls himself my follower, but is really flimsy in his faith? A worldly man attached to sin and his own pleasure inordinately attached, attached to the things of the world? Did you go out to see a man who focuses on his own popularity, getting on people's good side, a vain and prideful man? Behold, our divine Savior says, he says, men like this are of the houses of kings meaning that they are of the world and will be enslaved to the world and are not worthy of the kingdom and peace of heaven. Behold, our divine Savior says, in St. John the Baptist, you find someone who is more than even a prophet. Behold, a man who is my true follower as all Catholics should be. 
one who remembers me and has sacrificed the hardships of life for my sacred heart. A man who is focused on making me increase in his life more than anything else in the world. When you really think about it, my dear faithful, we have only so many Advents and Christmases in our lives. Some of us may have 30 or 50 Advents and Christmases left which really in the grand scheme of things is not a lot. Let us, my dear faithful, be determined then to make each Advent and Christmas to make our heart closer to Christ. Whoever we may be, let each of us look at this short short four weeks of Advent as a reflection of the shortness of our lives. How much time will we give to our divine Savior? Imitate, my dear faithful, the spirit of St. John the Baptist, who is sort of a patron of Advent. He is often presented to us in the Gospels during Advent. Let us have the words of St. John the Baptist, the words always in our heart and even on our lips. Christ must increase and I must decrease. What can we do then? My dear faithful, it's as simple as focusing more of your day on our divine Savior. By even simply remembering him throughout the day, offering up things to him. How often we forget that by practicing virtue, doing the duties and responsibilities of our state in life well, dealing patiently with the troubles in life by offering up those sufferings and those headaches. By doing this, we give Christ more than any other earthly gift because we give him our heart. By turning from temptation and taking practical means to give up sin to avoid its near occasions, and fighting our predominant fault. We profess to our divine Savior that we wish to remain his close friend. During this Advent, strive, my dear faithful, to pray your prayers more reverently, as though you were there at the crib of Bethlehem talking with the Holy Family. And take the daily occurrences of the day and to refocus them and to even offer them as a gift to the most sacred heart. For just a quick example, something like driving in the snow while on your way home from work. We could even use the snow as a means to remind us of the wintry weather at Bethlehem. And with a quick little aspiration, short prayer. My Jesus, I offer this drive up to you as a gift. And so, my dear faithful, ask yourself today during Mass, how can I give more than 2%? And my dear faithful, if you spend each day of Advent striving to include, to increase our divine Savior in our day,
I guarantee, I guarantee you what the saints promise, especially St. Alphonsus, that you will have a more meaningful Advent and thus a joyful and peaceful Christmas. May God bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.